Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final June edition of the Monday check-in, June 2021, I guess, presumably, if there is a June next year, and if we're still doing this, well, there will probably be more June editions, just not 2021 editions. I'll be honest, I I hope both of those things are true. I hope there is a June next year, and I hope we're still doing the Monday check-ins. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if the calendar council gets together and they're like, you know what? No more June. We don't need it. Um, uh, We haven't gotten a calendar council together since the Gregorians. (laughs) And that was a long time ago. Well, they're due for a comeback. I think. Are you looking Uh, for an appointment to the calendar council? (laughs) I mean, I don't want to lobby too much, but if one came my way, I wouldn't turn it down. I think of anyone at this church that belongs on a calendar council, it's you, Damon Jensen. <laughs> It'd be great. I'd be great at it. Uh, so anyway, I'm Damon. I'm one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. And this is the Monday check-in. So uh, what we do on the Monday check-in for the uh, ill-informed uninitiated yeah for the uninitiated that's what it is they're not ill-informed they're just uninitiated (laughs) for the the uninitiated we're likely picking up new listeners every week i mean who wouldn't want to be part of this witty banter Uh no one that i can think of except Uh, i can't get my own wife to listen to these but (laughs) are we recording (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> recording dot 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 yes yeah okay just checking mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that'll we'll edit that out it won't make it in the it won't make it in the final edit you say that and we know that's not true it's still going to be in the final one that gets posted <laughs> oh. uh, so what we do is we have a little chat we do a little bit of a preview uh, about the scriptures and some of the themes for the upcoming sunday at first pres hastings and we'll have a little bit of a little bit of a Bible study about that sort of thing. And then we switch gears and we talk a little bit about life of the church, uh, what's going on and what folks might want to be aware of. So that's the plan. That's the agenda. And I will start us with a word of prayer. All right. Loving anguish, God, God, that is beyond us, um, beyond all time. Pray that your spirit might be with us, that in this conversation, in our questions, in our pondering, we might uh, move closer to your truth, move closer to your wisdom, uh, move closer to your to your beauty and inspiration. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this Sunday we continue with the children's literature, uh, the Wisdom of Children's Literature sermon series. And uh, we've got some scripture readings, and the book for this week is Peef the Christmas Bear. So, uh, yeah, uh, and we've decided to do something fun on Sunday. We're going to call it Christmas in July, since I'm reading a Christmas-themed book. I thought it would be fun to also sing Christmas carols, and... uh, have some joyful Christmas spirit. Uh, so I hope you're in the mood for the season. Ooh, sure, sure they will. 
So we are reading. We are reading Peef the Christmas Bear. I just noticed that Santa Claus in this book bears a remarkable resemblance to, um, well, me. Oh, that's where you're going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shall we read the book? Yeah. I'm Let's going through the magic of uh, computer technology, going to share my screen and uh, going to pull up the book, which I have digitized. And I, can you see it? I can. Yep. It's up. I'm going to mm -hmm. switch to presentation format. Is it all? Oh, did it do that thing again? No, we're good. We're good. All right. Yep. Excellent. All right, so we are reading Peef, the Christmas Bear, written by Tom Hegg, illustrated by Warren Hansen, and uh, published by Waldman House Press, Inc. Ooh, incorporated. Once upon a polar night so many years ago, while starlight sparkled silently upon the hills of snow. The elves in Santa's workshop heard a jolly laughing call. They put aside their work and made their way along the hall to Santa Claus, who said, there's a job I need to do, and I'm going to need the help of every one of you. Please bring a piece of cloth to me. You prize above the rest. They tried to guess at Santa's plan while walking through the chest that held the bolts of fabric for the clothing and the toys they made each year by Christmas for the world's girls and boys. And every elf, as Santa asked, picked out one special piece. And they brought it back to Santa Claus and placed it by the fleece that Santa used for stuffing. Then by golden candle glow, they watched with growing wonder as the man began to sew. A scrap of blue, a seam of pink, some green, some red, some brown. Why, every color that there was running up and down the front and sides and underneath of what was forming there. A Santa handmade masterpiece, a brand new Christmas bear. And just before the last few stitches, as a final touch, dear Santa said, a little bear who means so very much has got to have a way to say his name. Now, don't you think? The elves all nodded yes. Then Santa, quick as a wink, installed a little button in the tummy of the bear. And then he said, now all I need to do is touch once, bear. As he did, all the elves were stunned beyond belief. The little bear had sprung to life and sung out his name. Peef! So Peef, the many-colored Christmas bear, had come to Peef. And how he'd ever done without him, Santa couldn't see, for Peef became his chief assistant. Peef became his friend. Peef would help to leaf through all the letters kids would send, but when he read them, oftentimes his heart would feel a tug. Dear Santa Claus, please send a teddy bear that I can hug. Peef loved his life with Santa. Oh, he gloried in the ride. He'd taken Santa's flying sleigh each year at Christmas tide. He played with all the reindeer, fed them grain sheaf after sheaf. They shook their harness bells as if to say, glad welcome, Peef. The elves would see themselves in him and ask how he was. He'd 
peef with plushing, blushing thanks when they would praise his plushy fuzz. For peef, like all who lived with Santa in the polar cold, was, was ever new. And while he stayed, he never would grow old. So Christmas after Christmas, Peef would climb up in the sleigh and, and Peef goodbye to all the toys that Santa gave away. But sometimes he would hear a piercing squeal of purest joy and dream that he was in that magic first hug from a boy or girl who'd maybe dress him up or ask him out to tea or tell him all their worries in a pledge of secrecy. Sometimes he'd steal a peefy peek into a frosted pane, and there he'd see a bear in bed smeared red with candy cane, and oh, he wished with every color of his coat that he belonged to someone who would sit him in a boat, who'd take him to the backyard and the blown-up wading pool, who'd try and try again to sneak him in with them to school. His colors would grow brighter as the dream became more real. He'd peef with sheer belief because he felt like he could feel. But when the sleigh was empty and the reindeer made for home, that dream would end, like always, at the turn just north of Nome. Days were very busy, scarcely time for idle pause. Besides the barely ever stopping likes of Santa Claus, Peef peefed a happy melody that sweetened up the air. Wherever he was working, Peef's bright baritone was there. And Peef was deeply grateful. Oh, he knew he had it made. He owed so much to Santa. And that's why he was afraid to tell the kindly man the truth. It seemed so hard because it wasn't that he didn't love to be with Santa Claus. Still, no matter how he tried to hide his heart's desire, he'd find himself with Santa sipping cocoa by the fire. And as the burning logs would pop and hiss, he'd start to stare. And there within the flames, he'd see a vision of a bear who looked just like him, lying right beside a sleeping child, exactly as a teddy bear was meant to do. A wild excitement would go through him and he'd jump in Santa's lap. He'd almost say, please take me to the elves and let them wrap me up in Christmas paper. Let them take me to the sleigh, oh Santa, how I love you, but you must give me away. But every time he tried, one breath before he'd had it, had it said, he'd stopped himself, hugged Santa tightly. Then he went to bed. And so one year became the next, and Thief the Christmas Bear remained at Santa's side and never looked the worse for wear. For passing time has no effect in Santa's magic land. The tears repair themselves with just a touch of Santa's hand and jelly stains don't happen, nor do button eyes get lost and stuffing is replaced when needed, never mind the cost. One Christmas Eve, while children dreamt of what soon to be and Thief was dreaming back, oh, how I wish it could be me, he rode as he had always done, right there by Santa's side. They made their way around the earth with starlight as their guide, and then just as the reindeer turned to make again for home, precisely at that old familiar turn, just north of Nome, the sleigh came to an altogether unexpected halt. Why? Santa Claus had stopped it. Then he said, it's all my fault. 
Now, Peef, how many years have I been doing this a ton? I can't believe I'm short of toys, and yet I am by one. But there was something special in that tone of Santa's voice. Told the little bear that this mistake was made by choice. And Peef looked up to Santa, but the old man looked ahead, his eyes alight with, I'm not sure just what. Then Santa said, we have a special duty to the children, you and I. We can't forget a single one. You know the reasons why. We have to think of them before we think about ourselves. Besides, we have to set a good example for the elves. I guess that what I'm trying to say, then he could say no more. A little at a time, they sat together on the shore of Christmas that day that washed the far horizon of the night. And as the sleigh began to move again, a growing light began to glow against the inky canopy of the sky until a bright aurora borealis filled the eye of heaven. Oh, the colors that adorned the Christmas air, all radiating from the heart of one small teddy bear. The little fellow peefed for joy. His dream was coming true. For soon a little girl or boy would say, Peef, I love you. The sleigh alighted on a humble roof. Then Santa said, say, little friend, you'd better trim your light. They're still in bed. It's Christmas Eve. The neighborhood should still be fast asleep. They stepped onto the drifted snow, so cold, so white, so deep. Then Santa held the little bear he'd made so long ago with bits of cloth from all the elves. And then he said, you know. But Peef's expression stopped his words, for Peef was well aware that Santa wouldn't be around to fix each rip and tear. Here, jelly stains do happen. Button eyes might get lost. But here's where he was meant to be, no matter what the cost. And giving up the little bear he'd made with his own hands from all the colors of the earth and bright embracing bands was how upon one special night with blessings from each elf that Santa Claus had given so completely of himself. The little teddy bear made Santa smile from ear to ear by saying with a twinkle, I'll be seeing you next year. So Santa's finger pointed toward the tummy of the bear. And then he said, now all I need to do is touch once there. And as he vanished, one small child was thrilled beyond belief. For right beside a pillow there, a little bear said, peef. That is Peef the Christmas Bear. Okay. And that is a little bit of a long story. I may end up trimming some of it out for the sermon, but I thought since we don't have a time limit on our Monday check-in, I'd share the whole thing with our loyal listeners, even the uninitiated who are just joining us for the first time. Damon, you want to read the scriptures that we've chosen to pair with this story? Yeah, so you're going to... One of those scriptures is Psalm 139, uh, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 13 through 14. 
Uh, the psalmist writes, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in before and behind. You lay your hand upon me. For it was you who formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. And that's from Psalm 139. And then also you've uh, selected a little bit of the Gospel of John. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 13. And this is, uh, this is Jesus speaking here in this passage. And it reads this way. Jesus speaking as he's preparing to leave his disciples. Yeah, yep. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. There ends that reading. So, Greg, what do you... What do you got for Christmas in July? Uh, so, Damon, why do you think I picked those two scriptures? Well, the psalm seems uh, relatively clear. Uh, you got peef being knit together by some sort of uh, seemingly omniscient creator. And uh, <laughs> the gospel... Of John, so while you were reading the peef, I had I had not heard the peef story before, nor read the peef story before, which surprises me. And here's why: the peef story was given to me by uh, your father-in-law mm-hmm. uh, to read to Esther, and also recommended as a book uh, that we use for the summer sermon song series. And so I assumed that uh, you all sit around the fire at your in-laws' house and read this book every Christmas Eve. Uh, I think they do, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I bet by next Christmas, you'll be in on that tradition, yeah. and this will be a very familiar book to you. Yeah, yeah. So so while you were reading it, I, I wrote down here, is Peef Jesus, is what I, is what I have written here, right? Uh, there's this sense. Um, so it made me think of the, of the creation narratives. And it made me think of, um, well, it made me think of the Gospel of John. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing was created except through the Word. Uh, but then the Word enters into the world, right? Word became uh, flesh and dwelled among us. Yeah. So we have this Christmas bear that has a made-up name, a word for a name, <laughs> uh, that is created and uh, longs, uh, feels called, I guess, to be somewhere else, uh, filling some other uh, vocation is a word that we would maybe use for that. Um, and that is outside of the, the home, I guess, within which it was originally created. So 
know. Is that why? Yeah, no, you could, I mean, you could start drawing these parallels pretty quickly, right? Yeah, so then we have from this gospel, you know, from the gospel of John, then like, as the divine is preparing to, to there's this, to, to depart, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, reflective of, of that. Yeah, no, is peef Jesus. That's, that's what I wrote. And I don't, uh, I don't know that we have to explicitly say that. I don't know that that was the author's intent, but I think right. there are themes in here of, uh, of self-sacrifice. Peef is willing to leave this utopian paradise of the North Pole where you never age and where anything that happens to you is easily repaired and the cost is never counted for that. And, uh, but Peef's desire to love and to be loved is so overwhelming that he's willing to leave this place and enter into a world where he will end up with jelly stains and perhaps lose a button eye and get ripped and torn and his stuffing will eventually. And uh, yeah, so there's definitely, definitely some workable parallels there, aren't there? Yeah, I, I thought so. Yeah. But well, or I think, I mean, any, I think you could relate it and equate it to any, that sense of anytime a person sort of journeys out into, into the world, right? Or maybe not even out into the world, but out into the lives of others, right? Um, like anytime that we leave our, our little safe, little confines or bubble or our comfortable space uh, where we know that we're not going to have <laughs> uncomfortable interactions uh, with anyone or we're not going to have our our positions or our beliefs challenged um, and we move out into the lives of others like there's things don't always go smoothly I suppose um, and yet we're we're called to, to do those things, right? It makes me think also of Abraham. Sorry, now I'm talking too much, right? But Abram and Sarai, who are, you know, they're called out into the world beyond uh, leave your father's houses and, <laughs> and everything that you've ever known and um, journey out to the land that I will show you eventually someday. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're right. Uh, and, and so not only do we have the, the, the sort of Jesus parallel, but we also have, um, I mean, the commandment from Jesus here that, that, that this, this act of self-sacrificial love is not just limited to Jesus, but that each of us are called to it, right? No one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. So Peef is modeling this, whether Peef is an archetype for Jesus or whether Peef is an archetype for the Christian life, as you described, Damon, that we could stay sequestered or huddled in our own safe space, but our call um, is to keep our commandments, to abide in God's love, and uh, that we love one another, and what that love looks like is this self-sacrificial, unconditional love, and so Peef is living that out, whether it's, again, um, as, as a Jesus type figure or as as this christian life that we're called to live as well mm -hmm. um yeah and it, yeah it seems important right to note that um that yeah peace motivation and wanting to move beyond uh what is north of gnome uh is 
like is motivated by love. And I mean, he certainly seems to be aware of and experiences love while he's there with Santa and the elves and, and the reindeer. It's not as though he doesn't feel welcome in that environment. Um, but yeah, but this, but it's, it's love that is the thing that, uh, I guess drives him out, um, or makes him want to go out. And then it's Santa actually that arranges a situation whereby (laughs) he can do that. Right. Uh, it made me think also of there's one gospel story where, um, Jesus, it involves a boat and disciples and Jesus and Jesus asked the disciples to put out into the deep water. Um, cause they're, they're going to catch fish out there, something like that. But I've always liked that imagery and that, that metaphor of the deep water and being willing to move to be what you sometimes have to risk, um, to be willing to, to be a disciple, um, and to put yourself into a spot where you can love others and serve others and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you and I have themes that we both return to and, and your themes and my themes are generally pretty parallel. Uh, but both of us have our own sort of canon within a canon or the gospel mm-hmm. stories that we like best. Um, and so uh, it turns out that you preached on that very scripture in our children's book sermon series last summer uh, on the book Scaredy Squirrel. Oh, yeah. You picked, you picked that very story. Um, <laughs> and uh, you're right. I mean, there's, there's, I think there's something to that. And, and I, I like I liked your mention of the word vocation and I could almost take this down a path of Peef sort of discovering his vocation and then living into his vocation at risk to himself, knowing that the end result of pursuing this vocation to love and to be loved, which is the vocation we're all called to as Christians is a risky vocation. It, we risk jelly stains and, and losing a button eye and all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to, to step out and do it. Um, and so I, uh, I liked that. I, I could see building and, and riffing on that theme as well. Man, there's a lot here, Damon. You may even make me change my scriptures uh, between now and Sunday. Uh, I don't know anyone who does that. Yeah, um, don't listen to me on that. Because <laughs> then you'll change me again Sunday morning. No, although uh, the Gospel of John chapter 1, that that may take the place of the psalm. Um, but I, I don't know that I want to overly emphasize Peef as the archetype of Jesus, as opposed to thinking about Peef as the archetype of living a Christian life of discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas if I go with the John one, then it, then it, then it leans pretty heavily into, um, so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to, you know, of course, Santa Claus is secular. We know that uh, Santa Claus is not in the Bible. Uh, and, and, in December, I sometimes get frustrated that Santa Claus gets higher billing than Jesus Christ, right? Um, but in this case, uh, I I think that children's story has some timeless and universal truths. Using Santa as a model or a metaphor for a loving God, a God who loves us unconditionally, who knit us together and, um, and loves us so much that he's willing to let us go live out our vocation, even though he knows that the outcome of that is... Um, is going to be hard times, right? 
Yeah. And, um, you know, depending on who you, who you talk to, the, the character that we know as Santa Claus uh, based story has changed and, and shifted over the years uh, on the, on a saint who lived in uh, what is now uh, modern day Turkey um, and, and engaged in loving and caring acts for poor children in the, in the area of St. Nicholas. But yeah. How many, how many of these bears do you think that Santa has made? Hmm. Like, do you think this is the only, like, I think every bear that Santa makes is like this, right? Uh, if, if we're going to extend the God metaphor, uh, that each and every child of God, each and every creation of God's hand is fearfully and wonderfully made, and God loves each one of them so much that obviously God would engage in, in the work of uh, ensuring our, our salvation and, and encouraging us to love, right? Um, this is this is just Peef's story, but I bet if you asked any of the toys made in Santa's workshop, they would probably tell the same story, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't and know. I know. I know that it said that like things don't age in the North Pole. Some uh, of those elves looked pretty ripe, so <laughs> I'm not sure how that. And works. and Santa certainly has uh, has. Yeah. Again, I I see some pretty strong parallels there, don't you? <laughs> So maybe that's just like what Santa looked like when he moved there. Maybe. I even had somebody drop off a bear with a patch on it to use as a... Uh, For this story? Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing that you could talk about that we haven't even mentioned. Like the, 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 the creature being a patchwork of... Um, all of the other elements that are there. Like there was one line in there that, that uh, he like bore all of the colors of the earth or mm -hmm. something, right? That like that that idea of being woven together from all of these different sorts of things. Um, even if you just like from a how many different elements compose a human body, right? Um, yeah. How many different stories fill our minds and how many different family memory memories shape our hearts and how we live and um, all that sort of stuff. But There's a lot of material there, isn't there? Good one. Material. <laughs> that pun may or may not have been intended. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and that's, that's one of the great things about this uh, sermon series on children's literature uh, is that there really is a great deal of material to mine um, in these books that we read. And um, we realize that uh, good children's authors are speaking so many beautiful truths um, and teaching so many good and important lessons to us. And so, um, yeah, I don't have to read a thousand pages to get it. Indeed. Didn't have to read all of Tolstoy's War and Peace, just the shortened version of his short story yeah. to get to the three questions. Yeah, well, it's fine. <laughs> Which, by the way, went, I think, really well on Sunday. For those of you who are listening who may have missed uh, missed our worship service on Sunday, I would encourage you to go back on Facebook Live or onto Facebook, on our church's Facebook page, and watch it. Our uh, youth who went on the Go and Serve short-term mission trip to Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, gave some really thoughtful and beautiful reflections on their time uh, using 
uh, sort of the outline of uh, the book, The Three Questions. Uh, so I encourage you to check that one out as well. And uh, we've got, what, two more? No, it'll just be one more week of uh, the Children's Book Sermon Series after this. Uh, July 11th, and then we roll into the Summer Sermon Song Series on July 18th. So, Yeah. Uh, well, that seems like a good uh, segue. To, I mean, it sounds like you're saying something in this will preach. So let's tick that box. Unfortunately, you've given me too many somethings to think about. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I will narrow that down at our Bible study, which, uh, again, I here's an announcement. We do a Bible study every Tuesday at noon uh, where we reflect on uh, whatever scripture is going to be preached the following Sunday. Uh, so similar to some of the content that you'll hear in the Monday check-in, but uh, instead it's with a lot of really smart folks who are members of this church. And so we get some really great perspectives from uh, folks on the scripture and, and the short stories. And so you're always welcome to join us on Tuesdays at noon. Uh, that is offered both in person as well as uh, via Zoom. So check out that. Uh, call the church office for the link on Zoom. We'll send that to you. Um, and a lot of our programmatic year slows down in the summertime. So uh, that's one of our things that's still happening. We still have a Wednesday noon book study going on. Is that right, Damon? That is correct. Yep. Uh, and they've they, they had been studying Revelation. They studied Revelation for three years. And, <laughs> and now they're reading, I forget the title of the book, um, but it's um, has to do with, um, uh, it's about like, um, there are, there are parts of the Bible that are, that are lovely and pleasant to read. And there are parts of the Bible that um, disturb us for a variety of reasons. And it, it has to do about how do we, how do we understand some of these stories um, that are really harsh and really painful stories? Uh, how do we understand them in context and how do we um, hold them at the same time as, you know, as our canon within a canon, right? Um, I believe it's by John Dominic Crossan, um, but I could be wrong. But. Yeah. So those are a couple of uh, opportunities to continue to engage with your church community over the summer. Uh, and of course, Sunday morning worship. And uh, right now we're doing an outdoor worship service in Alexander Park every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., weather permitting. We hope you can join us for that. Uh, we invite you to bring your own chair, although we will also have 24 chairs over there that are available if it's difficult for you to bring a chair. And you can park in the church parking lot and walk over there. Or if you have mobility issues, you can also park on the street in front of the park and shorten the number of steps you have to take to get to the park. And that service is mask optional. And that service also does involve congregational hymn singing. Uh, so that's from 9.30 to about 10.15. Uh, although we ran a little bit over this last Sunday. And then uh, the pastor who chose the hymns uh, picked a closing hymn that the other pastor who was left leading that hymn was not as familiar with, though it was not terribly hard to catch on to. Uh, I did mention that I would be mentioning that from one pastor to another. So consider yourself mentioned. Which one? Well, I'll let you know. Somebody's knocking pastors, at the door. Whichever, yeah. pa yes, someone's knocking on the door. I didn't know I, somebody, somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. And on and on it goes. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so, 
So that's our 930 service that ends about 1015. And then at 1030, we have a service in our sanctuary, uh, which is you can come in person to. Uh, as of right now, we're still requiring masks at that service. Uh, that service is also broadcast on Facebook Live as well as via radio. So lots of ways to join us in worship. Uh, this last week, we had a little bit of an inversion. For the first few weeks, we've had more people at the service in the park and less in the sanctuary. And this last week it inverted. We had less at the park and more in the sanctuary. Um, I think perhaps as uh, maybe some of our restrictions loosen, we'll continue to see a return to in-person worship, but we will always continue doing our uh, worship on Facebook Live and radio as well. And consider that a faithful way to participate in the life of the church too. Um, we've already mentioned that we're ending the children's lit sermon series, uh, next week, and then we'll be rolling into the summer sermon, a song series, uh, which is being finalized this week. And so, uh, if you do have suggestions for songs that you haven't gotten into us, please do. Damon and I tackle preaching on secular songs that we think will make a good sermon or that we think are challenging and we try to preach about them. Uh, so send those our way. We will be wrap or, uh, finalizing our schedule for that. And then that will be the second half of the summer looking forward to that we usually bring in some live music for that as well and um i met a really great musician over the weekend at the flatwater music festival he uh is one of the musicians for the string beans which is a family friendly band but he has a second career outside of playing for the string beans um and he has some great music and is also a talented musician and so i may be inviting him to come back and join us uh, for worship on sunday i think We've booked Gracie's Uncles, which is a bluegrass band, to play one of our songs as well. And I will likely be leaning heavily upon uh, Damon Jensen Heitman's lovely bride, Hannah Jensen Heitman, to accompany us at least one or two songs this summer. Uh, she always is willing to do that. And I am eminently grateful for that because she is a gifted musician and also uh, understands church music and uh, not as performance, but as praising God. And so I appreciate it. she did that on Sunday too. Again, watch the Facebook live or the Facebook uh, recording of the service uh, during the offertory. Hannah uh, riffed on here I am Lord, while they showed pictures of the kids on the go and serve uh, trip and uh, both the photos and Hannah's uh, noodling on the song were very moving. So check it out yeah it was a good sunday it was and there's it was more already. good sundays to come indeed well should i close with the word of prayer yeah it seems like now's the time let's do that gracious and loving god we thank you for your creativity and your beauty that is found both in creation in nature, but also in the creativity and beauty of children's literature. We thank you for the ways you've inspired the hearts and minds of children's authors to give us stories and messages that help us think about you, O oh God, and also think about our lives as disciples of Christ. This week, we ask that you bless and guide the sermon preparation process and continue to bless and guide First Presbyterian Church of Hastings so that we as a church can continue to shine your love and your light into the community, that we may feel this call and understand that greater love hath no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. May we live with that kind of a love in the world. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.